Welcome to Podcast Detected, where we say good morning to the apocalypse and face every zombie with a song. to episode two of the new podcast detected it wasn't originally supposed to be called the new podcast detected and then i just said it last time and so i guess that's what it's called now and that's okay um i'm sophie i am writing and producing kind of directing kind of zombies run the musical um i also am playing the voice of sam yao and i am joined today by one of the cast members uh moving on down the line Becca, do you want to say who you are? <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Becca. Uh, around the fandom, I also go by Boston Blonde or Boston. Um, I have the distinct honor to be playing Sarah Smith. Wow. The last couple of weeks have been kind of insane. I like Very insane. It's hard to believe that it was two weeks ago that I was recording the first episode with Drew. Because like... Since then, because the, we released the Overture after that, right? So it was like mm-hmm. that, and then the Overture, and then Raise the Gates a couple days ago. And recordings are actually finally coming together. So, like, <laughs> I, we're going to release soon, and that's weird. And that, like, all everything that's happened in the last couple of weeks, like, I don't know. It feels, it feels a lot longer than that. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's been completely turbo speed. I mean, I was ch- checking out the SoundCloud last night to show it to some of my friends, and I think the Overture has 222 hits the last time I saw, yep, which is insane. Like insane. <laughs> I have been so filled with love for this whole fandom. Just, like, releasing the Overture and not being 100% sure what the reception was going to be, especially because we haven't released any music at all and Mm -hmm. so like it's it's little teaser bits of all the songs but nobody really knows what the general plot line is gonna be or how it's gonna work at all we've only like vaguely talked about what it's gonna sound like and it's literally just a little bit of sam at the beginning and then boom here you go here's an overture (laughs) and everybody was like this is so cool (laughs) without without knowing the rest of it which like is fun, especially for an audio-only musical. Yeah, because it means that all of your melodies stand on their own, that people enjoy it without any context at all. That is good. That is good. That's not, like, a thing that I was 100% expecting to happen, but I'm really glad (laughs) that it seems to be working out. And obviously Raise the Gates is now now out, which is is fun (laughs) because I think we were planning for that to be a track that we released early, Mm-hmm. A long time ago. Like, that's been yeah. the plan for months. Um, and that's really cool for that to be out and for people to have heard that. Because that was also one of the earlier songs to be written, I think. I don't remember Yeah, it now. was very it was very early on in the process. And But the way that we released it was so fast and crazy. I mean, I think we were talking about the method of release, the, the riddle idea. And then you, you guys did it bad night. Like, Yeah. And so sometimes we work on things for, you know, four months uh and sometimes we just do things <laughs> in a couple of hours <laughs> no that's true actually now that I think about it because I like was sick that day like I for some reason this week got a pretty bad sore throat and stuff and was like okay well symptoms aren't great <laughs> actually fun fact recorded 
the take of Raise the Gates, actually, that ended up being in the recording. I recorded that, like, last Tuesday night at 10 p.m. with a pretty bad sore throat and then made it worse. (laughs) Oh, no. But the take happened, so that's okay. That's Um, good. But, yeah, I was, like, I had been inside. I hadn't left my house all day that day, and it was, like, late-ish. Like, it was getting into the evening, and we had the riddle idea and it was like, okay, well, let's just do this and start releasing it right now because I'm ready to release Raise the Gates, so why not do it? And we were, like, placing bets on how long it would take people to figure it out, and it took, mm-hmm. after the third clue, what, 12 hours or something like that? Yeah, it did not take long at all. I mean, <laughs> and they were pretty difficult. But, I mean, yeah. I think that's a very Sam Yao kind of mentality, right? Like, you're locked down in your house. Like, he's always locked down in the comm shack. <laughs> true, Draw upon true. the spirit of Sam Yao. <laughs> That's true. It was really fun. This is such a small thing, but it was really fun to write the release of the clues as Sam. There was something really, really fun about that. Um, Yes. Because all of his qualifiers, like, okay, so, um, well, mm, all those (laughs) things. The stammering, (laughs) the verbal diarrhea. They work so well, so well in writing, and it's really fun. Also, I talk like that anyway, so it's nice. (laughs) I want to talk about... Sarah and your work as Sarah a little bit without <laughs> spoiling stuff. I just said spoiling stuff. That's a good that's a good verb. Um, but actually first I want to hear more about how you got into Zombies Run because we're both kind of fandom newbies. Like mm-hmm. it hasn't been that long for either one of us. So how how did you stumble into it? <laughs> oh dear. Okay, so this is going to be <laughs> it's a bit of a the long and emotional story. Um, so <laughs> you're right. Like, we're total fandom newbies. I was by far the newest. Um, I got cast. You cast me as Sarah. Um, I think the day before I ran the season one finale. Uh, I actually went back mm. and checked our messages to see what the timeline was versus when I ran those missions. So it was the day before the season one finale. You cast me as Sarah. And, like, she's super... You know, I don't want to get too much into spoilers of the of the storyline of, Z- of Zombies Run either. But, um, you know, she's like she's in season one. And I was like, oh, she's cool. You know, she's like, you know, really cool chick. And I had somehow missed what happens to her at the end of season one. Or I just like scoffed. I was like, you know, not true. That's a lie. I don't believe it. Um, and so <laughs> you cast me. And then two days later, I ran the first two missions of season two. And then Janine... I don't know if we want to spoil it, but Janine says something about what happened to Sarah. And I was like, what? What? Like, <laughs> I was like, oh, am I actually like not not doing this? You know, it's just it was really uh, it was really interesting. Like, but yeah, for- Sophie, Sophie is playing a cruel joke in which she casts you as a character who has literally two lines and then is gone. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm Chris McShell. OK, cool. <laughs> Um, but the way that I got into Zombies Run originally, um, because this this musical has definitely stepped it up, but um, back in March, I had to move countries for my job. Um, it was before the outbreak had really hit the places that I was moving from and the places that I was moving to. So it wasn't too big of a deal, but um, when I arrived, I did get hard quarantined um, because no one really knew what to do or how to deal with it. Um, so I showed up in a new country, didn't know anyone, hadn't met my coworkers, you know, I, I live by myself. I don't have any uh, family with me. I didn't speak the language where I live now. And 
I got hard quarantined into what is essentially a group of abandoned buildings because uh, I was the first one to be quarantined. Um, it was a pretty scary experience. I'm not going to lie. Um, just this feeling of there's nobody on this entire continent who knows that I exist and where I am right now. Um, but my, I mean, my work took great care of me. Luckily, we have all the technology that we have today so I could talk to my parents without going insane. But it was definitely rough. Um, as soon as I got out of quarantine, I went back to a hotel while I was looking for a place to live. And the only thing I could do, because that week that I got out of quarantine, the country I'm in had gotten locked down, the only thing I could do was go run outside. Um, There's a track pretty near me. And so I started Zombies Run because I was like, you know, I really like podcasts. You know, it's just something to kind of listen to. I should get into running. It's the only thing I could do anyway. Um, so I ran the first few missions and like, my ears was not good. Like, I did not run before this at all. And then I got to Voice in the Dark. Um, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I get, I get choked up thinking about it because I was just in this place where there was no one ever looking for me. And I ran that mission, and it's, it's a credit to the voice acting uh, for sure, but I ran that mission, and there was someone you know, asking me to come back. And it just, it, it hit me really hard. Uh, so then I got really You'll obsessed with Zombies now. Run. And I'm, I'm actually choked up. Like it was, uh, I never expected that something like this, like a running app or a podcast could actually change my life in this way. Um, but it, it was a literal voice in the darkness for me. Um, so after a couple of weeks, I, I started to join the server, started to join this, the fandom, and I was kind of running casually about a mission, you know, a mission or run. And everyone was just so welcoming and so positive. And then the musical started and things went into <laughs> turbo mode for me, quite literally. Oh so yeah, um, you know, this this really has changed my life. I don't know what my life would be like right now if I hadn't had it because this has brought me a whole couple of new hobbies recording and running long distances you know I've seen improvements in my running in my voice and I don't know if six to start ever hears this I'd like them to know they changed my life <laughs> it's amazing to hear you actually tell that story because I've heard it sort of reading it in various places and you've talked about it before but like that's so it's a, it's amazing how a story can do that and how it's done it for so many people in so many different ways and everyone has such a different experience with zombies run but so often it's something like that like that it genuinely changed their lives somehow um and that it's somehow connected with like like I had a similar experience where I just hadn't I was not a runner at all like I couldn't run <laughs> and I always thought that I just wasn't a runner and couldn't do it and then liked the story enough that just somehow I became a runner because I was runner five and like so were a bunch of other people and then the fact that there's community involved in that and then I sort of started drawing again like started doing art because people did art in this fandom and that was cool and it they were so non-judgmental about like what something looked like or whether it was the best thing you've ever drawn or ever done. And so like getting back into art and getting back into music um, 
all sorts of things. Like, that's just a thing that this whole fandom does and that this story does. And I don't know if I can explain exactly why that's true. It just, like, it is. <laughs> it's really yeah, cool. Yeah, I think maybe it's the way that you are the main character intentionally, and so it really draws a personal connection. But but no, mm. I was definitely surprised by the same thing. I've started writing again for the first time since I was a kid. Right. Um, yeah. I'm trying to remember, what were the circumstances under which you got cast as Sarah? Because that that whole that whole thing is such a blur for me. It <laughs> happened, like, in the course of uh, a week and a half, something like that, two weeks yep. that everybody got cast. And it's really hard for me to remember, like, what things happened in order. So you start talking about it, and I will hopefully remember things about <laughs> it. Yeah, so um, you and I actually started talking just before the post uh, Drew's thing that stuck, I believe. Um, I had reblogged mm. something from Town, I think, uh, probably from Drew. I mean, it's been amazing to me, like, I these people are just usernames before, and I have absolutely no idea what my ac- interactions were with them. Um, but, you know, it was probably from Drew. And <laughs> then you messaged me on Tumblr, and you're like, oh, you like musicals too. And we just had, like, this nice little chat about musicals. Um, you kind of told me about some of your old stuff, your old projects. Uh, yes. And then you posted on the main server, like, hey, you know, um, I'm actually going to just write a song for this post that, that Drew had made. And... I, I messaged you immediately, and I was like, uh, "If you wanted, if you want another voice, you know, I'll join." Because I just <laughs> haven't been on acting for years, and I was dying to do it. And I was completely blown away that you actually took me up on it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then you were like, "Oh, there's actually a lot of people involved. Uh, can you send an audition?" I think, and you told me this before I auditioned, but like, I think I want you to be Sarah. And I was afraid. I was so terrified because <laughs> uh, remember, I didn't know that she might or might not be Chris McShelled. And so I was like, but she's yes. so cool. And, like, she's got to be an alto, right? Like a powerful belt, Adina Menzel. And I'm, like, a Glinda, Kristen Chenoweth type voice. And so I was so, like, anxious. And then I sent you the recording. You're like, nope, nope, I think Sarah. <laughs> but, I mean, little did I know the amount of connection that I would have to Sarah as time went on. Yes. Yes. I do. Okay, I'm remembering now. Yeah, within the whirlwind, because you were really, really early on in the whirlwind. Because I, th- I think what happened was I had written a voice in the dark. I had posted it in a couple places. One of them was on the Discord server. And I think you said something like, not even in reference to a musical, because I don't think I had said anything publicly about the fact that I was going to write the rest of it. And I don't know if I had decided yet that I was going to. But I think you said something like, hey, if you ever want to sing a duet... <laughs> That would be cool. And I think that's when I messaged you and I was like, so um, are you serious? Like, <laughs> <laughs> how in earnest were you? In other words, do you, not, do you want to not only like sing a duet, but um, be a big part in a big yes. musical? <laughs> and then that sort of like slowly happened. And I do remember after saying like, what about, what about being Sarah? And you'd be like, okay, like that would be cool. Um, yeah, I'm definitely a Glinda and not an <laughs> a. So, and I was like, no, I think probably that will be okay. You knew way better than I did. I mean, the amount that I have connected to her <laughs> since then, like, I can't imagine playing anyone else. Well, that's, that's the crazy thing is I didn't know. I didn't know any of that stuff um, and actually hadn't even heard your voice, I think, 
when I was nope, originally you like <laughs> you <had> not. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, okay, heard other people and heard a bunch of auditions. I was like, no, still Sarah. But I, I don't know why I thought that. I think probably it was just knowing that you had done lots of musicals before. And I think, I, I don't, hmm, I really don't know. It was just like a vibe. And then when I fate. heard the audition tape, it was like, yeah, no, this has to be. Yeah, probably. Every single casting decision in this entire and this entire process was just like an act of providence and not of me. Because Oh, absolutely. I mean, everyone is so perfect. I mean, mm-hmm. God. I mean, it, <clears throat> the amount of accents that people have to do or imitate or change or whether they do or they don't, uh, the voice right. ranges of people, the way that people take on these roles. I mean, mm-hmm. again, without spoiling it, some people sound super creepy. And it's amazing because they're super sweet <laughs> in real life and on the server. And then you listen to them sing. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. <laughs> yes. Well, it's actually, I don't like Maddie, for example, mm-hmm. who uh, plays Simon. Maddie was a really interesting casting thing because when I originally was talking to Maddie about playing someone and then she was like here's a here's a tape of me singing I like I can I normally when I do musicals it's not in English um here's some stuff like see where you want to put me and I listened to her stuff and she just like had so much flamboyance and character (laughs) um and it was a couple of Disney songs that she sent me but I was like, okay, like, if she's this good at acting, um, her voice just would be perfect for Simon. There was just so much about it that was so perfect for Simon. And I was like, hey, this is great. Do you want to be Simon? And she was like, whoa, <laughs> that was <laughs> the actual last person that I ever would have expected you to say. Like, sure, but why? And then here, like, three months later... I can't imagine her playing anyone else or anyone else playing Simon. Oh, yeah. I mean, the energy that Maddie brings to Simon. I mean, the character Simon, I think, evolved partially based on her energy and some of the throwaway comments that we made. I mean, she and I were the ones that started the initial chaos in the chat. (laughs) Yes. I don't know what we were originally talking about, but I know casting decisions. Yeah. How, like, casting decisions... uh, weren't random obviously like there was lots of thought behind that but there were so many things that I couldn't have known that ended up being so perfect and like changing the way that I wrote the musical and I think that's that's just really cool and I think that's been as a cast member one of the most amazing things about working with you Sophie which is that you're willing to take our ideas and throw things around and modify things. Let's try this. Let's try that, which a lot of people wouldn't be willing to do. And it's been absolutely amazing. You know, I can't speak for everyone, but I'm sure I do. Um, Working with you being so flexible (laughs) and kind and willing to listen, like, um, again, not spoiling, but there's a portion of one of my songs that was added after the fact um, based on a discussion that you and I had had. And it is one of my favorite parts 
of the entire thing now. And I know that like yeah. May asked you to bring something up a key and um, Drew played around with a bunch of stuff with hers and yeah, Maddie's whole song that didn't exist. And <laughs> it's it's just a testament to one, the absolute kindness and flexibility that you show and the skill to be able to improvise and come up with things and change things to match the actors. And also the huge amount of creativity among the cast. Like I have mm. never seen so much artistry in a single chat of people who have ideas and who will run with things. And it's just absolutely been incredible to see everybody's talent throughout this whole process. It's so good. There's so much creative energy. There's so much of just like, I'll I'll write something and have an idea and like send a message to someone and be like, hey, can you sing this for me really fast? And just like, let me know whether it's in your range or whether like you want something added and then get a response back really quickly with like three new ideas that I can incorporate into it. And then it goes to the next person and it's just, it's really good. It's like, um, I, I've never tried to say her name out loud. Is it Kara or Kara? I will ask her, um, who plays, uh, Professor Van Ark. Um, I actually sent her the beginning, the first like two verses, no, the first verse and chorus of Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm right when it was first written, just like I had kind of dashed it off and I was still casting. And I like sent that to her and was like, hey, can you sing this for me? Just so I can know if it's in the right range. And she just within 24 hours was like, yeah, here's a recording of it. And I hadn't even expected a recording. I was just like, can you like, let me know whether this is in your range? And it was fantastic. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. You want to play Van Ark? That sounds great. (laughs) Decision made. Yep, exactly. <laughs> that was easy. I have so many things I want to talk about from the musical about <laughs> Sarah and about the Sarah role, and we don't want to spoil things. Is there is there anything non-spoilery that you want to say about playing Sarah or about the uh, songs, sort of, <laughs> something <laughs> without giving too much away? Well, without giving too much away, there's a few things I'll say, which is um, Sarah has a few different numbers in which she's heavily featured, uh, and they're all so (laughs) different from one another. Um, And it was a great challenge as an artist. Um, I know I give you a lot of grief, and I'm I'm always teasing you about it, how I made the mistake of sending you my range, and you decided to use every note in it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) For which I'm very grateful, because it's been a great artistic journey for me. Um, I got a vocal coach towards the beginning of the musical to try and uh, polish up some of the things. Um, so it is vocally challenging. It is artistic. There's different like genres, completely different tones to the other songs. But if you start to peel back the layers, and this is something that you'll probably want to re-listen to, folks, but there are so <laughs> many connections that you can draw between not just Sarah's songs, but the other songs around the act one. Um, so it's been absolutely... A, a challenge but a really really fun one to try and take on all those different kind of feelings and acting with just audio singing that's something I've never done before I've never recorded my voice before so it's it was a big mm. learning experience and that's true I think I think last time we Drew and I were talking about how you have the most reprised song <laughs> of act one <laughs> um which is run for your life which Honestly, you could say is maybe the the anthem, both of the musical and just of all of Zombies Run, which I guess makes sense because 
we're in the apocalypse. There are zombies around. If you want to live, you have to run. And that's just how it goes. But the fact that it's that that comes from Sarah in the musical. I mean, again, I don't I don't want to spoil things, but like it it gets reprised a lot and I would call it a through has lots line. of different I mean, yeah, it's so yeah. it's it's in so many different places hiding um it it's yeah, it's featured heavily. <laughs> and I didn't realize this at first. Um, because Run For Your Life was, I think, like the third song that you put out for us. Um, I've had that one. That was my first one that I received from you. And it has been my mm-hmm. Waterloo because once I started to realize the importance of one, Sarah, and two, Run For Your Life, um, I just wanted to make <laughs> sure it was perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that was another thing that really surprised me about Sarah was, um, remember, like I had only just finished Act One when I was cast as her and then I wasn't sure what had happened to her for a while. And I'm sure people in the fandom have seen me (laughs) yelling about it on the servers. I absolutely (laughs) had no idea what Sarah's journey was going to entail. And I absolutely had no idea the amount of affection for her that people had in the fandom. And I get it. Mm. I'm obsessed with Sarah Smith now. (laughs) I absolutely am. Which may be vain and self-serving, but, you know... (laughs) No, no. You just, you understand Sarah Smith because you have entered into her world and her mind. When we first had the the Discord server and suddenly the cast was like a cast who were all talking to one another, I think that was when I posted Run For Your Life for the first time. And it was maybe the second or third thing. And I remember you just like all caps screaming about it <laughs> in the chat. <laughs> and I was so so surprised because I, I liked it obviously because I was enjoying writing it and it, they're really fast fun lyrics um very like I don't know sort of like military beat it's just it's very very quick very uh intense we need to survive vibes but like your reaction to that was one of the major motivating factors at the beginning that made me think, oh, this this could be good. Like, people Aww. could actually enjoy this who aren't just me. Um, so that was really fun. Also, part of the motivation, I think, for it sort of sneaking its way into other things. Because I was like, oh, actually, this does kind of encapsulate lots of the story and the motifs that are important. So, like, yeah. I don't know if I ever told you that. But, yeah. You haven't. No. Oh my. And, I mean... I'm not surprised. Your stuff is absolutely amazing. <laughs> like, I am, everyone is going to love this. I'm so excited for people to see it, and you can have other people telling you what we've been telling you. <laughs> <laughs> Something else that I think is really interesting, and I want to ask you about, because I think, I think that you maybe have done more thinking about this and preparing for this than lots of, lots of other people have. Um, how do you do recording? Like, how do you deal with recording? Like, I know that you, like, got a vocal coach and stuff. And, um, <laughs> I mean, we're talking right now and you're, like, in your closet with, like, blankets hanging up around you. So how, what did you do to make <laughs> recording feasible and, and happen? So I very luckily happened to be listening to another podcast, um, the Magnus Archives, which had talked quite a bit about how they set up their own recording studio. And I took a lot of inspiration from that and from a few other podcasts that I listened to. But essentially, I had a spare closet, and that became my recording booth. I have some of those eggshell crate 
things that you put on a mattress um, draped across the oh top and the back and the bottom. I've got blankets on the doors and every hard surface that I could really get to try and deaden any sort of echo um, because I am singing into a closet. It's in the middle of my house so I can yell and scream and hopefully my neighbors <laughs> can't hear me or at least they haven't told me so. Um, and then I, one of the first things I did was buy an actual microphone um, just off of Amazon, which you can get for super cheap for a decent amount of quality. Obviously, it's not professional in any way um, so that I could have that. And it, yeah, the, it's, a, it's a home little setup. I've got like a soft blanket to stand on because I'll stand here and record <laughs> for three or four hours. Uh, and I just yell into my closet. So I'm coming to you live from my closet. What did I end up doing? I Because all the all the mock-ups that I was recording over the summer and stuff were literally mostly in my car. Like it was just me with my phone. I would sit in my car. Because weirdly enough, the inside of a car has decent acoustics because everything tends to be like fabric or covered mm-hmm. in fabric. Um, except for like the windshield. So as long as you don't <laughs> direct your voice toward the windshield, it sounds kind of okay. But those obviously were just like the mock-ups. And then I moved back to school. So I've been at school this whole time. Um, so most of my recordings, like the actual final recordings, have been me sitting in a classroom with a decent microphone because uh, my college bought a whole bunch of microphones for use for Zoom calls in classrooms because um, they had to be able to Zoom students in if they got quarantined or something like that. So I've had decent microphones that I didn't have to get. Um, But then there's the problem of you're in a giant classroom. And so there's some echo involved. So like the other day when I was doing my final uh, Sam lines for act one, it was like late at night. I was in a classroom. We had one of those big plexiglass things uh, that professors are putting in front of them Mm -hmm. so that um, they, they won't get exposed. And I, like, draped my coat over that <laughs> to, like, deaden sound. <laughs> sort of moved over towards the wall, put my back to the wall, sang toward, like, sat on the floor cross-legged, kind of perched the microphone up on top of a tissue box. <laughs> Had, like, this really weird little studio that I made out of a classroom. Um, and it, it worked. It worked pretty well. It was good. Um, I'm so excited to release some of the making of stuff because I know that people have been singing under blankets, in boiler rooms, you know, in closets, all kinds of unconventional setups from, you know, people who are not professionals. Um, You know, I've been Mm -hmm. in a recording booth a few times before I was able, I was actually in a uh, audio drama in college that was zombie related. Um, So I was able to imitate that much. Yeah, it was um, called Undead End and I was the wife of Patient Zero. Um, so mostly I was just yelling and screaming Ooh. about my husband. Um, but yeah, I had, wow. I had the benefit of at least having stepped into, you know, my college recording booth, such as it was, uh, to to draw from. But yeah, there's been a lot of unconventional setups. And I've been really impressed with people's improvisation skills because, you know, mm, we're doing yes. this with no, there is no budget to this. This is a pure work of passion from all of us. And we're doing everything that we can to make it as good as we can, just because we love it so much. I think we have some some videos up on our drive that hopefully we'll get, at least a little portions of them will get released at some point. Because I think there's a video of, of me singing the Sam lines from, from the overture, just like in a music room in my college's music building. And there's a video of you like 
doing some really menacing Sarah lines, like, <laughs> in your closet. <laughs> um, there's some really fun stuff that we'll hopefully release at some point. The other thing I would really love to do, we talked kind of early-ish on about, I think, filming at least portions of Welcome to Abel, which is the opening number. Obviously, you all haven't heard of Welcome to Abel yet, um, but it's a big ensemble thing, and almost every character has some sort of line in it. And that would be really fun to do at some point. I don't know if it'll take a long time before anything like that ever happens, but it would be really cool for there to be a little bit of a, of a visual component and to be able to see people acting. Um, oh, yeah. Not just with their voices. That oh, would absolutely. Be really cool. I don't know if we'll ever, we'll ever manage to do it, but it'd be cool. I mean... There's people that do it. There's all those distance musicals and stuff on all the talk shows right now. But and I mean, most of us have some form of costume. Um, True. I went, <laughs> I went quite a bit, uh, maybe overboard. I don't know. I enjoyed myself. Um, <laughs> so I, I've been posting a little bit, but I, I really had fun putting together a little bit for Sarah. Yeah, actually, talk about that. <laughs> how did that? How? What did you do to make that happen? Because, I mean, obviously, lots of people put together costumes of some kind for for promotional purposes but you went really oh I want to say overboard but that sounds negative because it was a really good kind of overboard but like how did you do that what did you do so that is the physical evidence of my absolute obsession with Sarah Smith as season two progressed um (laughs) (laughs) originally it was (laughs) just a shirt that I had which was you know kind of an olive green type of military looking thing um i bought a really cheap pair of cargo cargo shorts and i took a picture and i was like you know meet sarah smith everyone just a closet cosplay that's it and everybody kind of did it and i was like this would be really fun because there's no visual aspect to it and as i started to hear more from sarah and and really really fall in love with her um i was just like this would be great just to to get into her headspace um, the, the outfit, uh, I was writing a little bit from her kind of point of view. Uh, I made a few playlists and everything, but, um, it was really great because it was just, it was mostly things that I already had. Um, I was just thinking about, I was like, oh, I have this Clodagh. Um, my family history is Irish, so I happen to have a Clodagh. And I was like, well, she's Irish, you know, I think she'd wear a wedding band, you know, given her backstory, I think she'd still wear some sort of wedding band. I have that, you know, just take a couple more pictures with that. Oh, you know, it'd be really cool is if she had like (laughs) one of the really cool tactical bags on her leg. Uh, And so I got that and I already had a leather jacket, which is similar to some artwork that I've seen of her. Um, And then, of course, I have running clothes. (laughs) So I literally went over to my friend, uh, my friend's house, and she was very, very gracious to be my photographer for about six hours. Um, Oh, my gosh. We hung out. I ran around her backyard in multiple different outfits. Uh, It was it was really, really a blast. It was a lot of fun. Those pictures give me life. They're some of my favorite (laughs) ever. I love the people like standing in a field. Maybe (laughs) the best one where there's like the. The eight, the eight armband is so clearly visible and you just look like you're staring into destiny and it's fantastic. (laughs) I'm so glad that you guys like, and you know, I've been so glad that the cast is willing to work with me and give me feedback because I'm like, 
after a certain point, we had eight hours, we had like 300 photos. And I was like, I cannot look at myself for another second. You guys look at it. You guys pick <laughs> which ones to do. Because I, I got to the point where I was like, this is all terrible. <laughs> I'm doing Sarah dishonor. Um, but you guys, you guys gave me some pointers on, on which ones that would be suitable for public consumption. We went like through these photos and left comments on so many of them. And mostly it was just lots of hearts and exclamation <laughs> points and excitement over particular photos. You could tell if a photo was really good if there were just like comments all over it with people <laughs> ranting about how great it was. There's a lot of just like, yes, this one. <laughs> yep, yep. I mean, that's a pretty good selection process, honestly. Popular opinion that works yeah. pretty well. I think I think the biggest uh, the biggest compliment for me was, um, I think it might have been you. I mean, a few people was like, "This is Sarah vibes. Like, you look like Sarah here," mm-hmm. um, which to me was a sign of of great success. But again, I keep ranting about the picture in the field, Sarah <laughs> in a field, <laughs> but the staring into destiny, just like, is the Sarah Smith is the Sarah Smith thing. Well, because she she always gave me the impression when I was running all those missions for the first time that she knows what's coming because she's three steps ahead. Like, she's, she's calculated everything that's about to happen. And even when things seem like they're going wrong, probably they are not <laughs> because she's already figured out. She already knows how things are going to go and who's going to react in what way and who needs to not hear certain things so that they don't react in that way, uh, which I think is why staring into destiny is so appropriate because she is seeing three steps ahead of everyone else. I'm retitling that photo. <laughs> That's what it's called now. <laughs> staring into destiny. <laughs> I feel like I've literally spent the last 10 minutes ranting about this photo. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun. I'm glad that, that you guys liked it because... You know, like you said, you guys could have just been like, all right, I'm a little too into Sarah, a little bit, maybe dial it back a bit. <laughs> there were a couple of missions where big things happen with Sarah, and I was emotionally distraught uh, <laughs> and just screaming about it on the channel. Um, oh, my so. gosh. <laughs> well, that, okay, that was one of the funniest things, too, was you not having ran all the missions that the songs were written based on. Pretty much, and any so there of were them. multiple times, right? Well, there were multiple times where you would you would run the mission that a certain song had been written for, and be super excited afterwards because you'd be like, "I finally understand the point of this song and who's singing and why it's happening." And then, for one particular song, especially, you went and recorded this insane <laughs> scream singing of the song because you had finally run the mission and finally knew what was going on and there was like everything came together i'm so upset that, that tape cool. got corrupted <laughs> right it's you can even even through the weird crackly sounds though you can hear the excitement <laughs> i think we talked a tiny bit earlier about how you have some musical background and like have done musicals and stuff before. Um, what was that like? And like, what did you enjoy most about that and that musical background? And like, how did that affect the way that this whole project has been? Because obviously this is a very unconventional musical sort of project. So like, how did those things go together? 
Yeah, so I've been in musicals. I was in a musical a year from age four to about age 20, about 20? Yeah, just before college. Um, and even in college, I was still doing choirs. I always did choirs on the side. Um, I was just always really, really into the performing arts and did scene shows, live stage from theater through college. Um, and then I went out into the working world and I hadn't really been able to do anything. So when the opportunity came to do something and we're in this environment now where we're spending a lot of time at home, you know, I can't do anything live, even though there's there's a theater where I'm at that I could have auditioned for, but everything was canceled. Uh, and I just absolutely leapt at the opportunity to do something artistic again. Um, and as I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, it is very different. Uh, recording yourself, having to hear yourself was the worst for me for a bit. Like it took me a very long time to get used to hearing my own voice, not just like rage quitting because I <laughs> didn't sound like I do in my head. Um, but f- I'm I'm very grateful for my live theater experience because of the role that I have, um, especially some of the later songs. Like being able to draw upon the live aspect and the emoting and the acting um, once I finally managed to channel that into the singing um, was when I really felt like I had a breakthrough with what I was doing so really just being that big singing to a microphone because you have to be when there's no visual cues you have to be bigger than life and so being able to Mm -hmm. tap into that kind of energy of singing to the back wall was what really really helped me um, throughout this process yeah actually now that now that you mention it That's been a thing that's been really different and interesting about this project for me. Not not as a writer necessarily, but as playing one of the roles and playing a role that's really dynamic. Um, Like Sam obviously goes from Raise the Gates immediately into Voice in the Dark. (laughs) And like there's a bickering kind of peppy Sam who is shoving Janine around like trying to get control of the microphone and kind of big and loud and has lots of stuff to say to sort of quiet and thoughtful and earnest um but even within voice of the dark it goes voice of the dark what am I saying (laughs) (laughs) even in voice of the dark he goes from sad and quiet and soft and thoughtful to the brokenheartedness at the (laughs) end where that all spills out and then that's bigger and so like having to learn how to how to transfer that into just your voice Mm -hmm. um and even even physical practical things like the the beginning of a voice in the dark, you're really, really up close <laughs> to the microphone. Mm-hmm. And if anyone else were in the room, they probably wouldn't really even be able to hear me <laughs> because yeah. it's that quiet. But like the mic is picking up on it and then physically moving away so there's more distance so that the sound travels better and farther for the big notes at the end. And for all of Raise the Gates, I had to be like six feet away from the mic because it's it's an intense song. But yeah, all that stuff has been really interesting to learn about because my experience with musicals has always been more, more writing and more on the production side than it has been playing a big role. Um, mm-hmm. 
because like I growing up people just like told me that I wasn't very musical and I like wrote lyrics and stuff for things because my older brother is really musical and really really good so we would write songs together and he would write the music for them and I would write the lyrics and every now and then I would like write a song entirely on my own and more or less the reaction would be like that's like not bad but also it would be way better if you were only doing the lyrics and you let like the other half of your songwriting team do the music so I just like had thought for a long time that I couldn't really sing and I couldn't really write music, so I would write lyrics and that's what I could do. Um, and then actually the, the turnaround for all of that was writing A Voice in the Dark, where people really liked it and really liked the music of it. And one of the first things that, what, that happened was I sent it to Drew and she was like, your voice is really good. <laughs> I was like, what? That wasn't the point. My voice was literally the vehicle by which you would hear this song. And that was one of the first responses it had was not like, oh, the lyrics are really good. Or even like the music is good, but like your voice is good. And that actually genuinely changed my life. (laughs) That whole response this entire time has been made me reconsider everything that I thought was true about who I was or what I thought I could do or what I was good at. Um, So if nothing else comes out of this whole thing, that's been amazing, amazing to to hear. And I'm not 100% sure that I buy into it yet. Like, I'm not sure I believe it, but it's been an amazing thing to hear and has given me confidence to like work on it, to work on musicality and work on my voice and things like that. You absolutely should buy into it. Like, I'm sitting here aghast in disbelief at the idea that you could not be musical, Sophie. (laughs) I mean, you have made me cry. You know this. And I am not a person that cries. With your music, with your lyrics, I mean, it is so fitting that you are Sam Yao because you are guiding us all through this process. Like, you have gifted us with not only this beautiful, beautiful music and these amazing lyrics and you know, all of the emotional gut punches that you could possibly want in something like Zombies Run. But also you've created this amazing community. I am not exaggerating when I say, like, I have made some of the closest friends from this server. I never expected this. I absolutely never expected uh, to connect with people so deeply because of, a you know, a, a fan work musical online. But when I, the first time that I heard Run For Your Life and I was like, oh, this is good. This is amazing. That's when I felt this project get really, really serious for me. And I was like, I am going to work my absolute tail off to make this and do this as much justice as this beautiful piece of music deserves. And this wonderfully kind and talented cast of people deserve to work with. It is, again, another thing that has absolutely changed my life. If I hadn't run... A Voice in the Dark after being quarantined. I wouldn't have joined the server. I wouldn't have seen your Tumblr. I wouldn't have joined the musical. I wouldn't have met these amazing, amazing people who have have literally gotten me through a lot of stuff this year. And that that sounds overdramatic, and that's a lot for someone like me to say, but it's absolutely true, and you have absolutely gifted us with that, Sophie. Aww. Wow. Dang it, I have nothing to follow that up. <laughs> I can't say anything. I guess I guess all I can really say is for for everything really crappy that's happened in 2020, 
And for how terrible 2020 has been, I do think the musical has been, at least for me, and I think for other people, I think probably for, you'd say for you too, has been a major silver lining. Has been like, like I think I'll think back on 2020 and be like, yeah, it's the year of the year of COVID and the year of things being unexpected and unplanned and things going wrong. But also, it's the year of zombies around the musical and how bad how bad can it really be if that's also true? I think this Which project is good. one of the best things that has happened to me all year. Okay, I have nothing else to say. We have to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I, can't, I can't keep going after that. I will literally cry if I keep talking about it. <laughs> oh. If you have questions or comments or you want to be an ensemble member for Act 2 um, or anything like that, anything you want to say, um, you can shoot an email to zombiesrunmusical at gmail.com. And I will get it. Or you can message the Tumblr at Zombies Run Musical or Podcast Detected. I'll get it there too. Um, I'm also just another cricket on Tumblr. And you can call me cricket if you want to. (laughs) Uh, You can message that too. And I will respond to any of those. And if you want to talk to Becca, I'm pretty sure she would like that too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, you can find me everywhere at Boston Blonde, B-O-S-1-0 Blonde with an E. That's pretty much where I hang out. Go for it. It's all you. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, This has been the new podcast detective. Stay safe out there.